podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Jay here for Stratford Paddock and this is the Tier 1 Transfer Podcast. Joining me as always is my co-host Ronaldo Brown. How are we doing mate? Doing all right, mate. I'm fine. How are you? I'm not too bad. Not too bad. <laughs> always looking deep. Too bad. <laughs> I know why you're always laughing at me when you ask me that, but I'm good. Um, also yeah. joining us is a guest. He's been on the show before. He's a big supporter of the channel, Henry Winter from the Times. Henry, how are we doing? I'm very good. How are you doing, guys? Yeah, we're doing all right at the, at the moment. Well. Ask us after the Sheffield United game tonight. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll see how we're getting on. Um, just looking at, at Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, obviously United are doing really well this season. Now, when we've spoken to you in the past, in other interviews you've given, you've always been pretty supportive of Ole, even when things weren't going too well for him. How do you sort of sum up the job he's doing at the moment and, and where United are? Shortly after he got the sort of the job on a more permanent basis, Chris Morning was hosting one of his charity events in, in Manchester and I went along just to sort of show support on a big admire of the work that that Chris does and the club does. And a few of the players were there and Solskjaer was there. And I was thinking, that's that's really impressive. Solskjaer's a really busy man. You know, being manager of Manchester United is not simply about getting 11 players on the pitch. It's about almost keeping, keeping a whole club happy. And I just, I saw the way that he sort of, in a very unobtrusive, social way, sort of worked the room, just talking to people, helping to sort of raise awareness, helping to raise funds. Uh, it was for football beyond ball. It's very good charity that Chris is involved in, and um, and I just had a sort of brief chat with him there. I've always liked him. I mean, I'm old enough to remember his his first day at the, the Cliff when one of I think he had about was it 96 when he had about sort of five or six players sort of suddenly arrived, and Social was probably the least known of them all. And I was talking to one of Sir Alex's um, staff, and he said the manager thinks this very quiet. I'm assuming I think he's 20, 21 year old Norwegian will be the best of the lot because you know I think you lot were calling him the sort of baby faced assassin quite soon. But there's a tough man in there. So little things like that when you meet people along the way and you see them close up and you watch them. Um, and I'm quite nosy. I quite like just analysing someone almost just watching how they deal with people. And I think that was such an important element to have someone really human with very personable, genuine character coming in. Whatever you think of Mourinho, it's a slightly gear change. Solskjaer's a sort of warmer individual. Um, and I just thought that's what Manchester United needed at the time. I could see what he wanted to do. I mean, I, I know Michael Carrick a bit and Michael would never, ever talk about sort of, you know, Manchester United will give anything away. But the fact that he had Carrick in there, and obviously Darren Fletcher's come back in and Phelan's in there, you almost kind of, you know, we're putting the band back together in a way. It was trying to go back to what Manchester United should be about, what you were about under, um, going back to Busby and, and Ferguson. I'm not comparing the current team with those teams, but just, I don't know, it's maybe a slightly strange thing, but sort of, Restoring the soul to Manchester United, restoring sort of the emphasis on youth, more attacking, more energy. Um, and I think that's gradually come through with, uh, with, with Solskjaer. And I'm really pleased because he's, you know, I mean, good guys don't always finish first, but Solskjaer's shown that he can do it, certainly in his playing career, and I hope he does it as a manager. Oh, so do we, obviously. Um, <laughs> well, during the summer, um, we were linked with the likes of, of Jaden Sancho, Dale Upamecano, 
uh, one or two others. Now, we didn't get those players. We did get some signings, obviously, Edinson Cavani, Alex Tellez and um, Donny van der Beek being the main ones. Um, do you feel Oli was adequately backed this summer by, by the board and by the owners? Do you think he was given the sort of the transfers that he needed? I think you missed out on Sancho. I think Sancho would have gone. I think if Manchester United and the Glazers had pushed it a little bit more, I think uh, I think he probably would have, uh, have moved. I mean, he's a he's a fabulous player. I know he's had a little dip. Young players do have dips, um, but in a way, the, the the attacking area and maybe just looking in hindsight, it's not really so much of your issue. I mean, Cavani coming in arguably was more the type of player that you needed in terms of that. Look, I've seen him rip England's defence apart in enough countries around the world to know the quality of Cavani. I've seen him play enough times in the Champions League to know this is one of the most intelligent individuals. Uh, I think Solskjaer was talking yesterday about just his work rate, you know, just the tiny little things that top players like Ronaldo and Messi do you know little things like making sure his pre-match meal is prepared exactly right, exactly at the right time, everything is perfect. The marginal gains leaves nothing to chance. The fact that he's still playing at almost 34, still running what 12k and almost 12k in a game, still hunting down uh, centre half, still making those intelligent runs to the uh, you know to, to, to the near post. You know this is you've got a supreme master at work there. I mean, I bet if you counted up his touches. I mean, he's ruthless. He's so efficient in his use. So, Cavani, look, Bruno Fernandes rightly gets all the acclaim. Um, but I just, I'm just a huge Cavani admirer. And in terms of what Manchester United needed, obviously needed Fernandes for, for that personality, getting on the ball, front foot, pushing forward, particularly through the middle. Fernandes has been absolutely inspirational. But Cavani, just to lead the line and for what he does off the pitch as well, the inspiration of the. Ollie was talking about it in terms of what Mason Greenwood could learn from such a sort of dedicated professional as, as, as Cavani, who's what, 14 years older than him and still playing with the hunger of a young apprentice coming through. So absolutely, I mean, Cavani just, Cavani was an inspired move. Um, I was at Fulham the other night and where the press, you know, games without fans are, are rubbish. We all know that. Um, and it's, I think I've done about 110, 115 games behind closed doors now. And it's, it's rubbish without fans. But the only advantage we get from the press is that actually we can go and sit down ringside because they want us all socially distanced. So particularly in the, I was down for, yeah, in, I think it was the first half when Cavani scored that very good goal against Fulham. Um, and I was really down very close. And you could just see the runs that he was making. You could see that Fred was coming over to that side. I think Martial was out that side as well. Luke Shaw was being fantastic over the last couple of months. He was pushing forward as well. And you just knew that the ball was going to come in and that Cavani was going to cause chaos. And there were about four players, including the Fulham goalkeeper, Ariola, who, who were around Cavani. And yet he was still there to seize up, to seize that moment, Gerd Muller style, to sort of finish that... Uh, I mean, you'll, you'll be able to compare him with Manchester United players of all, but there was a touch of Van Nistelrooy with the way that he was there just to sort of get those ugly goals. So, yeah, I think Cavani, look, Sancho was a disappointment, but I think Cavani coming in, obviously Bruno Fernandes before him, being absolutely inspirational. Tellez looks decent as well. And if it's, if it's made Luke Shaw respond and look one of the best left-backs in the country, then that's good as well. You seem to have competition all over. Plus as well, getting a player like Eric Bailly back from injury with that mobility. Again, I think Lindelof's probably responded to him as well. Lindelof's had a couple of decent games recently. 
Yeah, I completely yeah, agree with all that. And I do, I like that, I like that, the fact that you've compared him to, to Van Nistelrooy, because Cavani, he does yeah, remind me a little bit. Very instinctive. Yeah, that it? instinctive striker. He's brought a lot of experience to the forward line. Ronaldo, have you ever had those incidents when you've been looking after your garden path? Yeah, but I, you know, <laughs> do you know what, mate? Probably not enough. <laughs> well, but fear not, when you're you know trimming... Why? You know why? It's because I've never had something that's been adequate for the job. You've never had something that's been adequate for the job. Well, fear not, because Manscaped have got you covered. They've just launched in the UK and they've got their new 3.0 lawnmower technology. So they've launched it in the UK and what they have done is launched a product that can take care of down below without any of those issues that you may have had in the past when you've been trimming. Um, Manscaped have got you covered. As I said there, they've got this brand new technology and also they've got a bit of a discount going on. So you can get 20% off when you check out the code that's in the description. If you go into that code, you can get 20% off Manscaped. And what they do is they've got this new trimming technology so you can make yourself look nice and, you know. Sheen. Sheen, I like yeah. that, yeah. Nice and sheen down Perfect. there. So you've not got any dramas, you've not got any issues, looking all, all smart. I know you're a man that likes to take care of yourself. Like we all do, we live in that age, don't we, where people like not just to keep my head looking nice and sheen, yes. as you say, but other parts of my body as well, and Manscaped have got you covered. So make sure you're checking out the code that's in the description there. Manscaped, you get 20% off. We've got this new technology, um, and it's got the free shipping as well. So you check out the code, check out the description and the, in the link, the link in the description even. Have a little look at that, and then Manscaped have got you covered for all your needs when it comes to that, because we want to look after ourselves down there, exactly. don't we, Ronaldo? Keep it clean, keep it sheen. Clean, keep it clean, <laughs> keep it sheen, as Ronaldo said. I'm not sure if that's the official Manscaped nah. logo or tagline, but maybe it should be, because I like it. Be. Do you know what I mean? Because Elsa it's not just about it. keeping our head <laughs> on top of our heads, either bald or uh, nicely uh, styled. It's also keeping their down below, nicely styled as well, and that's what Manscaped are all about. So check out the link in the description and get 20% off, because you've got to look after your balls. If we're looking at January, as in the January transfer window at the moment, it looks very unlikely that United will actually do any business. Do you think United can maintain a title charge with the way the squad is currently assembled? Well, I think they will do business, but it will be going out. Jesse Lingard is not quite top of the range. I mean, I've seen him have some decent games for England, obviously cup final. I mean, he's actually delivered into quite big games, but I can't see how he gets in that Manchester United team. And I think for him at his stage of his career, whether he moves on at, at some point, I mean, West Ham would seem a logical uh, place for him to go, particularly with them doing so well. I think it'd be a slight waste if he went to West Brom. I was at West Brom last night and I wouldn't recommend many people going there in terms of career development. So I think it'd be players going out and I think that's important as well. You know, we've got to take into account that clubs are taking a huge financial hit. So actually to go out and invest heavily is difficult. They'll be wanting to trim place off. I also think Manchester United, because you've had a succession of managers, you've almost acquired players from different regimes. And I think Solskjaer, who I hope, and I'm sure they'll sort out a new contract and will be there long term. I think he needs to actually just define that squad even more uh, as his and maybe remove some of the players. So I think some players will, will go out. Do you need anyone in? I mean, I, mean, I think when we last spoke, I think I was probably a bit critical of Fred. I think Fred's been fantastic this season. I like McTominay. I like that variety that Solskjaer's got in the middle. I thought Fred and McTominay was going to be his first choice holding pivots in maybe the tougher games. But the way Pogba's been playing, Matic is so experienced. You know, you've got 
I, I thought that you might need a Declan Rice in there, but I don't. I mean, he's a fantastic player, but I don't think you actually need anyone there at the moment. Um, I don't know who your backup right back is. I mean, Wan-Bissaka is sort of developing. He's still got things he needs to work on in his game, but he's he's very young. I think squad-wise, you're in a very, very good place. I, I think so, too. I'm a little bit more confident than you, though, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think I agree with a lot of what you're saying. And I like the fact, you know, you mentioned the right in midfield. And we do have that, which is good to see because we've lacked that in previous seasons. We've, we've you know, we've barely had mm. enough players to make up a midfield in certain times. Whereas now you feel like he can shop and change it quite a lot. And he does. Yeah, exactly. I think if January is a quiet transfer window, and as you said, it might. It, do you believe it could be a way in terms of... United have a quiet January transfer window and it's a way of almost gearing themselves up for a potentially big summer. Can you expect any kind of big transfers in the summer for United? I'm sure they'll be linked with Sancho again. I think that is inevitable. I think the important thing is you tie down certain players, obviously, with the manager, you want his future tied down. But I keep changing my mind on Pogba. I've just seen him like World Cup finals and the speech he gave to the French before the game in, in Moscow. There was a fabulous player in there. I mean, what you really want in every transfer window is Pogba to be absolutely playing well and dominating, and Firmino Raiola to have lost his mobile phone. Because he just, he's such a good player. And OK, he could, he could possibly go to Real Madrid. They could afford him. I'm not sure they can at the moment. He could possibly go to PSG. I just think now is not the time to be leaving Manchester United. Now is the time that the club are going to kick on as a team, as a squad, as a club, uh, under Solskjaer, such a unifying factor to everyone throughout the club. And can you imagine if Manchester United make a push? You will make a push for, for the title this season. You're already doing that. I mean, nine teams have already done it. It's a merry-go-round at the top. And Manchester United have got the squad to to. to to contest that. I think it's probably between you and City, possibly Liverpool at the moment. But next season, when fans are back, when Old Trafford is rocking again, why, why would Pogba want to go? I mean, Pogba could become a legend is a strong word to use at Manchester United because you've had you know some great legends down the years. Um, but Pogba could become a great at Manchester United. He could do great things at Manchester United. He could you know drive on you know in the prime of his career winning titles, pushing for the Champions League again. Um, he's at a place where it's under Solskjaer, it's a very warm place, Carrington. There's a, there's a there's a good atmosphere there. Would he necessarily get that at Real Madrid with all their politics? Would he necessarily get that at PSG? You know, okay, they're going to win the, the, the French League. Um, but it's a bit more of a sort of star and political climate there. So, look, I'm not advising Pogba. He's a very intelligent individual. He can decide for himself. But I hope he makes the decision and not Raiola. Yeah, I think everyone will agree with that because, you know, I don't think there's any United fan on the planet that likes Mino Raiola <laughs> or the way he's gone about um, his handling of Paul Pogba. It, you know, he seems to sort of... And when everything calms down, we hear these statements, we hear Raiola coming out with... with comments and things and we just want Paul Pogba to stay in like you say you know I, I, I agree with you I think he can become a, a United great and we've seen it this season the sort of levels he's playing at is just that's the Paul Pogba we want to see um, like many of us Henry you've been very critical of, of the uh, United owners both on this channel and I've, I've seen you giving other interviews as well 
where you've you've commented on the way they've gone about things and you know you've been sort of critical of them. You, some people are giving them a little bit of credit because of the fact that they've stuck with Oli. There's this idea that maybe there was a time when Oli Gunnar Solskjaer was under pressure and they didn't sack him, especially when you look at what's happened at Chelsea with Lampard. Is that something you buy into? Do you think the owners do deserve any credit or Woodward or whoever? Or do you think that Oli Gunnar Solskjaer's earned the right and earned the right to, to stay in a job and was never really likely to be sacked? Uh, well, I think probably Woodward, who deserves more of the credit. Well, ultimately, it's Solskjaer deserves the credit because he's he's shown that he's a good manager. He can make tactical decisions. He can set his team up right. He can motivate, clearly motivate the, the players. On the Glazers, I don't think I'm going to change my tune on the Glazers. I think from the word go, I can remember when they turned up and they were invited to the Football Association. And the Football Association, in that slightly Captain Mannering way of theirs, said, uh, oh, you will be nice to our this this crown jewel of English football in Manchester United. And, and the Glazers nodded and uh, and then went and did their you know financial juggling act. They're not fans of... Um, I mean, ironically, it could be an amazing year for them because I think their American football team, the Tampa Bay Bucks, are heading or they've reached the Super Bowl. I'm not so tuned up on that. You know, that would be quite an impressive double for them of Super Bowl and Premier League. Um, but no, they don't love the club. They don't... I mean, Abramovich, and I'll give him Abramovich some stick this week because of his treatment of Lampard, but Abramovich actually does like football. He does love Chelsea. He does turn up to under-19 games. He does go and watch the, the women's team. He does stream matches when he's not in the country for whatever reasons. The Glazers, it's simply a money-making thing. And I mean, it's just a question of whether you, you view football as a business or as a sport. And I think the truth is clearly some way in the middle. For me, Manchester United is not just a, it's not about the, the mega store there. It's about the 11 men on the pitch. It's about the man in the dugout. It's about the fans. It's about the human beings there. It's not about, you know, the cash tills ringing. I know they're all tied up together. And the more Ed Woodward is brilliant, or certainly in the past when he was on the financial side, um, bringing all the deals in, um, you know, that pays for, you know, to get Cavani to pay his wages. Um, but I think football is more than that. It's more than about money. And I think if anything has been highlighted in the last 10 months of the pandemic, it's the importance of people. It's the fact that Manchester United have missed the fans. It's the fact that Solskjaer has been so important as a human being, as well as a manager in the club with his upbeat personality, going into the training ground, lifting spirits. When he walks into down the tunnel before matches at Old Trafford, talking to the stewards, how are you? How's the family? Stay safe. I think it's all about the human elements that we have to remember. I think we've seen it with the amazing foundation that you've got, that the fact that the kitchens at Old Trafford stayed open throughout the pandemic, even though obviously there was no one going into the ground, and they were supplying tens of thousands of meals to local kids. You know, and I was talking to people at the foundation and I said, you know, listen, I'm, I'm from out of town. I can read all the statistics. I can go through the MEN and, and, and look at how bad situations are in schools in certain areas. Um, how bad is it? And one of the staff members at the foundation said, well, you know, we're dealing with we're trying to help out one family at the moment who are in a situation where the mother eats one day and the father eats the next. So their two kids can eat every day because they are that short of food. And Manchester United, you know, we can talk about them as being this huge, great commercial monolith. But also you've still got the roots of the community. You are still going out and saving lives and feeding people as well as Marcus Rashford's incredible work, which embodies the ethos of the club. 
helping other people, sticking together in times of adversity. You've done it on the pitch, you've done it historically, and you're doing it now. And for me, that's what Manchester United are about, the community element, and not simply about the money. And the Glazers are all about the money. And I think they would have kept with Solskjaer as long as the team was sort of ticking over and the money was still coming in. So I don't give the Glazers too much credit. I would give Woodward a little bit more credit, but I, you know, I don't think you're going to be finding me writing uh, love letters to uh, to people who live in the Everglades anytime soon. Good. I'm glad to hear that. That's why we like you, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't agree more with it. <laughs> yeah. But on the Chelsea front, the su suggestion that with Lampard gone, it could actually pave the way for a move for Declan Rice, even though you did mention earlier it's not a player that you particularly see as a, a major need for United, but do you still believe it could pave a way for a, a deal for Declan Rice? No, I know Declan quite well. Uh, he's a real character. I mean, you would want Declan Rice around um, for his playing ability, but also he's just he's just an exuberant character. Uh, in the dressing, I was interviewing Jack Wilshire just before he left West Ham. And Jack was in the uh, in the in the back of his car doing it on Zoom on his mobile phone, and uh, he started sort of giggling. And Declan Rice came through the window. He didn't even open the door. He just came through the window and tried to sort of gate crash the interview. He's just a sort of exuberant character who loves life, loves what he's doing. I think, in fairness, he's he's doing such a good job at West Ham as well at the moment. I'm sure he'll be their long-term captain when Mark Noble stands down. Um, not necessarily the right time to leave West Ham, but I think either Chelsea or Manchester United came calling. Look, as much as I love Declan Rice and admire him as a, as a player and as a bloke, whether he will actually, I mean, you know better, will he actually get into your midfield? He probably would get into your starting midfield. But Fred's playing well. I'm a huge fan of McTominay, who's maturing. What I like about McTominay is not only a decent player and one of the fittest individuals, I mean, you saw with his runs in uh, in lockdown, you know, I mean, he looked like an athlete training for the Olympics. But he's uh, he's got a bit of bite to him. He's got a bit of edge to him. And I think all the best Manchester United midfield have got a bit of smart snarl to them, whether it's a Keane, whether it's an Ince. You know, going back further, you know, look at a player like Paddy Crerin. You've got winners in there. You've got individuals that if you were an opponent, you wouldn't want to cross you know, who can sort of outstare you, let alone outrun you and outfight you. So, yeah, I think that I'm a huge McTominay fan. And look, with Pogba playing like this as well, I know Pogba can play in slightly different situations, but I'm trying to remember, I've seen about three or four of your most recent games in succession. And one game, I actually thought Pogba wasn't necessarily his creative best, but actually defensively, I thought he was, he was particularly, I thought he was much better. Was it, was it the last Liverpool game? I thought he was, he was good. So, look, I don't think that's necessarily a huge area that you need to invest in. Um, but, look, you see them, well, you, 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 know, you live Manchester United, uh, and if a player like Declan Rice was available or you could go for, then you would want... But I don't think central midfield is necessarily your biggest concern at the moment. Just finally, just on something you mentioned there about Pogba, and we've mentioned about Rayola and Pogba and, and how well he's playing and, and that sort of situation... Do you think there is still a, a, a decent chance that, you know, you were mentioning there about he could become a United great. Do you think Oli could convince him to stay? Do you think there's still an open, uh, that the idea is still open to him? Players often follow, follow the money, but he'll, he will be well paid 
at Manchester United. I'm sure his next deal, which will be the most important deal of his career financially for him, his children, his grandchildren, his, you know, his, his family. Manchester United can afford that. The Premier League is the best league in the world. You look at Spain, you look at their financial problems. Um, I don't know what the world's going to be like in a post-pandemic world. Maybe he wants to go back to France to be closer to, to family and friends. I don't know. I just think now is not the time to leave Manchester United. Now is not the time to leave when you've got a very unpolitical manager who's got great man management skills in Solskjaer, who has actually handled the whole um, Pogba situation well. He's also got a, a couple of four, well, he's got three former midfielders, club midfielders, who, who, are, who are good characters as well, Fletcher Feeland and, and Carrick. Um, I know you probably think I'm biased towards Carrick, but I just think he's a... He's, he's, all of those three mentioned have got really strong principles as footballers and as people. And I think they'll talk to, I just don't, I just don't see the logic of leaving Manchester United at the moment, of leaving a dressing room, of leaving a coaching staff like that uh, for maybe 50 grand a week more. Um, and are those clubs actually going to offer them the money? Look, I'm sure what will happen, you know, we have the normal tango in these circumstances. Pogba will get linked to Juventus. Uh, PSG and Real Madrid and then he may well announce a new contract lucrative new contract it's the normal dance that the media gets involved in agents get involved in um, but I think with him playing like this with him so focused on his football with him as such a character and a pretty very impressive strong role model uh, for the you know the, the you know for uh, uh, Rashford and Greenwood as if Rashford needs any role model he's the ultimate role model himself um, but, you know, the younger players coming through the academy to see someone like Pogba, who obviously has been on that pathway, I think that's and become a world champion. I think that's truly inspirational. So, look, I hope Pogba carries on like this and stays because now's not the time to leave United. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. Henry, it's been great chatting to you. I appreciate you coming on the channel and all, all the support you've given us as well over the years. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to, to meet up at the football soon, hopefully when... Whenever that may be, fans are back in the when stadium. Yeah, we'll be able to get in there and meet up. Sooner the better. To be honest, I can't see it until next season. But can you imagine when you come back and you can support the players again? You can support, you know, all the old rituals, going to the pubs, walking, all the sort of, you know, the, the little things like we're not allowed to do at the moment, like sort of giving someone a hug. You know, all that sort of, the, you know, the crazy scenes and that, that you need that, you know, I'm lucky I'm still going to games, but I just saw Mason Green with the other night scoring a really good goal, back in form, back playing well, and then celebrating in front of an empty Stretford end and just sort of waving to absent friends. And it's absent friends, it's you, and it's also sort of players from the past who've passed away. You know, you have fans going back into to the ground who will have lost people in COVID. And there'll maybe an empty seat next to them, or someone else will have come and, and filled it, another relative. And that's that's in, that is so important. That's why when I come back to the Glazers, the Glazers are not about that. The Glazers are about money. But for me, Manchester United and football is about people. Couldn't agree more. Henry, well said. Perfectly said. Thanks again. Good stuff, that one, it. Brilliant as always, Henry. I know. I like the what fact that he, he speaks like he gets it, like a fan. Like he gets when he's it almost the... like. Almost like he's. I don't think he is. I don't think he is, but he's got size and he's, 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 I know he's, he's got um, to Michael Callick and He's Marcus got admiration. Rashford. Yeah, and the you stuff he say. says about fans not being there and the Glazers and stuff like that. Yeah, 100%. And he makes a good point about Paul Pogba. Maybe. 
Come just on, Paul LaVille. He, su- hey. he sucked us in with his... Come um, on, come on, just stay. With his world-class hey. performances know, again, innit? But um, hope but it's Steve. Listen, if he delivers 21, then I wish him yeah, well. He can move on then. And if he doesn't, he should stay and make sure he gets it us next season. Big thanks to Henry Minnett for coming on the channel. Make sure you check out him at the Times and also check out all the other videos we've got coming up. We'll have you covered for the Sheffield United game and all the other games coming up as well. That's been Ronaldo Brown. I've been Jay Motti. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe. This has been the Tier 1 Transfer Podcast. Thanks for watching. Podcast Network.